Welcome to another episode of the Swift Hour. I'm Keisha Berry, and this is your chance to hear from leading industry experts on tools, trends, and best practices to help guide you through your digitization journey. Today, joining me is Anas Maud. Anas is GM of Lean Swift, a division of Wipro, a global leader in e-commerce and mobile solutions for N4 Cloud Suite ERP, M3, and LN. Welcome, Anas. We're very happy to have you today. Hi, Keisha. Glad to be here and contribute to the Swift Hour podcast. Well, great. We're happy to have you, like I said. So could you share a little bit about yourself and Lean Swift and Wipro with our listeners? Sure. Uh, I'm Anas Mad. I'm the general manager of the Info Practice uh, at Wipro. And currently, I'm focused on the global sales in my uh, current role. Uh, so but before that, uh, before the acquisition, uh, I was the CEO of Lean Swift for six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, joined Lean Swift in 2016 and came uh, from Old Castle, where I spent a decade. And by the way, Old Castle is still a client of uh, Lean Swift Wipro. We've been um, supporting for over a decade. Mm-hmm. But let us uh, let me talk a little bit about my background, and then I can talk a little bit about Lean Swift also uh, and Wipro. So my background uh, has been in operations, supply chain, and e- ERP implementation and support. So I spent a, a decade at Old Castle, which is a subsidiary of CRH. Mm-hmm. Uh, CRH is one of the top three building material companies in the world, and they're based out of um, Ireland. My role at Old Castle progressed, as, uh, started from operation, moved to supply chain, and finally managing ERP implementation uh, project throughout the organization there. Uh, so the operations and supply chain role that I had all depended on an ERP system that runs uh, efficiently. So that's all interrelated in terms of systems, technology, operations, and supply chain. Uh, but a little bit about Lean Swift. So uh, Lean Swift is a global company focused on uh, technology and business consulting. Uh, and with Wipro, we were able to expand even more globally. We're about 450 consultants, and our markets are North America, Europe, and APMIA. Mm-hmm. And we focus on the Infor uh, flagship products, LN, which is for discrete, and M3 for a process and we also do the edge applications. Uh, but in terms of focus is around manufacturing discrete and, and process. So that includes food and beverage chemicals, industrial mm-hmm. manufacturing, automotive, and aerospace and, and defense, in addition to high tech. Um, and, and also we focus a lot on distribution. So that's a little bit about Lean Swift Wipro. Um, and we're very happy to be part of Wipro because mm-hmm. that, that acquisition allowed us to be able to scale up the organization, be able to access a lot of domain uh, expertise and other teams within Wipro that focus on uh, data migration and, and, and cloud. Um, and also be able to access the enterprise accounts. Uh, we mm-hmm. want to grow um, our presence. So, so that's a little bit about us, uh, but uh, me, Lean Swift, and Wipro. So. Well, you know, it's nice because right now I'm drinking out of my Lean Swift Wipro mug. I don't know if you got one, but I definitely got a new swag bag, and so I'm branded with Lean Swift and Wipro. <laughs> I did, I did. 
<laughs> yeah, so today I'm having tea out of my mug. Well, I'm excited for you to join us and have today's podcast. And really, we're going to spend some time hearing about your insight into top tech disruptors, as we're calling it, for 2023, that can impact an organization's ability to meet the ever-changing customer demands and expectations that lie ahead and how to help them uh, grow their market share. So what would you say is top of mind for leaders as they look ahead to 2023? Yeah, so there are five topics that come to mind and these are all interrelated. They all center around the business strategy and outcomes and tackle current business challenges and or uh, nascent technologies that could transform the way we work. Uh, so these are things that Businesses should be paid attention to, businesses should be investing uh, into to help them become uh, more competitive and um, first to market. So the first one is the cloud adoption. Mm -hmm. uh, so businesses are moving from the lift and shift approach to the second phase of cloud maturity focused on cloud economics, business strategy, and cloud foundation. So uh, the cloud is, the cloud adoption is accelerating and a lot of businesses are moving from uh, looking at it from an IT perspective and infrastructure to more of a business uh, enabler. And we'll spend more time on that uh, later. The second topic is regarding the technology that are available or developing uh, for business and ERP and how that helps the companies um, grow faster, develop better service, better products. So extensibility is one of them. Self-serve portals, we've seen quite a bit of companies, even the B2B space, mm. uh, wanting to open up a lot of these portals to their suppliers so that there's a lot of uh, better communication integration and less friction. Uh, also, uh, RPA, which is the uh, robotic process automation. Uh, process mining is another one, and workflows. Uh, so process mining is another uh, great tool to streamline and become more efficient because the, the process mining outcome uh, gives you an idea of where is some of the bottlenecks that you have in your operation, where are the redundancies and efficiency that you should tackle to streamline um, your process. Uh, the third one is the business transformation. This has uh, been going on for the last three to five years, but it's accelerating. A lot of companies are using the technology to help transform the business. So you hear that a lot of business transformation within the uh, technology projects. Uh, and what we mean by, by this is just taking technology as an enabler to transform your business. So mm -hmm. the strategy could vary from uh, less friction from in the customer experience to being innovative in the first market to uh, more operational streamlining your operations. So mm -hmm. uh, the, the fourth topic, which We've all dealt with and is still uh, relevant today is the labor shortage. So we know mm -hmm. in the pandemic, it was a huge labor shortage. A lot of companies uh, in, yeah, invested in automation, trying to figure out how to get things um, automated, kind of handle uh, the labor that you have and deployment in different ways um, mm -hmm. and be more efficient. So a couple items that come there is robotic here is robotic and uh, automation so these two are part of the industry 4.0 so mm -hmm. that for industry 4.0 is the fourth industrial revolution and what it means it's just it's an era of connectivity so you take internet of things automation advanced advanced analytics and robotics and put them all together to um to make the the uh 
the business uh, resilient when it comes to labor uh, shortage. So some of these sounds is far fetched, but they really are not. So for mm -hmm. example, in a plant, you have equipments and these equipments can transmit data about how they'll run and how the machines, is there any, any um, sensors that detect uh, uh, things within the machine or, the, or even mm -hmm. the output, and then you rely that that information for somebody to act upon. So that's, I mean, being used today, just people need to hear another thing that thinks is out of the realm of possibilities today, but a lot of companies are using that. And then mm -hmm. uh, also the uh, automation of, of tasks and, and um, getting some of these, uh, these tasks being done through the RPA, which is the robotic process automation. That means just if a task is standard and repeated, you can automate and get the, the person doing that to do something more productive mm -hmm. and let, uh, let the process being uh, done through technology. And the fifth one, which is the hot topic of the day is AI. So everybody's mm -hmm. talking about chat, chat GPT and, um, and all the, uh, I guess the discussion debate is going on about that. So we're gonna talk about that, but it's in the area of ERP, uh, how it's evolving from more of a search capability to where we see it going to more of doing daily tasks, performing daily tasks. Mm -hmm. uh, that could be could be automated. So so that's we're gonna um, close the series by uh, discussing AI in the space of ERP. So you've heard it here. He's committed to a five series podcast with me. So more from Anis. That's right. <laughs> is that yes, what you're committing yes, to? Until, uh, until you get you get tired of hearing my voice. Yeah. <laughs> so we got about four more to to go. Yeah. All right, so listeners, get ready. All right, so today, let's focus on, those are all great topics, and I'm glad we're going to be diving into those, but today, let's focus on the importance of organizations adopting the cloud. Can you speak to what that means and why it's of such importance now? Yeah, so the the cloud is important because there's really an impact on profitability. So by having a cloud environment, companies can unlock opportunities for efficiencies in IT and operations, uh, and also can access new technologies that are born in the cloud. So what do we mean by that? So uh, if you look at uh, the on-prem solution, you have a lot of uh, data centers, uh, you have a lot of um, costs involved in that, monitoring that, the security that comes with it. So you build a whole organization around that, that you have to keep 24 seven. So there is a cost. Also you have, uh, when you have an on-prem solution, uh, there are some things that you cannot do uh, when you are uh, on-prem mm -hmm. uh, in terms of in terms of operation, like scaling up quickly. So that, those are those efficiencies come with the cloud. That's why a lot of people think that there is, there is an impact on profitability when you go to the, to the cloud and also, uh, latest technology is um, born in the cloud. So mm -hmm. even if you want to, uh, if you want to ad uh, adopt a new technology, it might not be available for the on-prem uh, because everything coming into the cloud nowadays. But the most important thing uh, beyond just the cost reduction and IT efficiencies is the cloud is a business enabler. Mm -hmm. So. What does it mean is that leaders have moved from that lift and shift approach to cloud as a, as a business strategy and moved to more of this is uh, where the business is going to benefit from innovation, from uh, scale, from also um, 
giving developers and giving staff more capabilities in the cloud than before and being able to launch a new product and be uh, more, more competitive. So this strategy could, it's going to be different based on the, the company, but we've seen mm -hmm. companies leverage this, this strategy to reduce friction in the customer experience, enhance supply pro integration and programs, improve productivity. Uh, for example, developers now can spin up uh, environments quickly, work on them, deploy, and that allows you to not only address um, challenges, but maybe use that approach, agile approach to even launch new products. And then mm -hmm. the, the embedded security across all processes. So cloud um, comes with that benefit. They call it uh, security as, um, as code. So that's because uh, the cloud allows you to do that, make sure to embed that security and and call it from uh, within your configuration when you provision an environment. So, so those are the the most important aspect. Why it's important today? It's not only about cost and efficiency, but it's about strategy uh, of growth, of um, productivity, uh, of cybersecurity from now into the future. So, Anis, I was researching different reports and articles in preparation for our conversation today, and the Palo Alto Networks reports that organizations have increased cloud usage by more than 25% from last year, and that the worldwide cloud market was worth $247 billion last year. I mean, these are huge numbers. By adopting the cloud, what value are organizations going to gain? Yeah, Keisha, that's that's a great question it's about about the value of cloud. So there are some articles that have been published by McKinsey that there is a by 2030, U.S. Fortune 500 companies could gain one trillion dollars value by adopting cloud. That's 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 a huge number. Um, and not only that, but also being able to be agile and as we talked about scale up mm -hmm. and be able to meet demand um, and not have to worry about how can you do that. Um, internally. Uh, but one thing I want to kind of touch on is that three different areas uh, when you talk about cloud and what what it enables um, a, a company to do. Uh, one is you look at your current structure of IT and operations, and you can rejuvenate all those operations from um, by moving to the cloud, by becoming mm -hmm. more, more efficient, uh, also resilient, and also having the latest technology. You can rejuvenate the operation by going to the cloud, which today you could do, but it's going to require longer lead time. You have to find the skill set, and also it's going to be all on-prem, which, which put a lot of limitations on you. But in the cloud, you can actually do that quickly and and realize some cost savings, um, and also benefit from the latest technology. That's just one area. Second area is innovation. When you go to the cloud. Um, especially if you're in the tech sector and even in, in the product development, uh, you can collaborate quickly in, in, in the cloud. You have access to um, uh, a lot of applications. There are a lot of technologies that can help you innovate mm -hmm. and drive um, some, some of the new products of market a lot quickly than, uh, than before. Uh, so one of them is agility, and the second is the automation and Internet of Things. You can do that on the cloud a lot better than in the past in terms of um, the on-prem solution. And the third one is a pioneer in uh, new products, getting, uh, creating and new product and create and, and uh, being very innovative and pioneer in terms of what comes, for example, to AI, um, AI which is augmented reality. We have AI, 
uh, mm-hmm. virtual reality. All these are products that are actually being fueled by being on the cloud because you can scale up as demand grows. You can um, you can scale up that capability, but also a lot of these products, uh, some of them, it, it's crowdsourcing, uh, getting a lot of folks to collaborate uh, mm-hmm. across the globe on these products. So that has been very, um, uh, I would say, on a growth pattern, big thanks to the cloud and be able to get a lot of people working on these products globally um, in the cloud. So to well, sum up, of, I would say, oh, yeah. yeah, I was going oh, to please. kind of sum it up. Yeah, we talked about rejuvenation, which is, existing things that you make them more efficient and uh, streamlined innovation mm-hmm. so that looking at the cloud to enable that innovation and the third one is uh tapping into the cloud to um create new areas and products that did not exist in in the past so now that i mean we have the understanding right the value is huge it's endless and it's absolutely necessary i think to move to the cloud but how do you actually do it how do you capture that value when you're adopting the cloud yeah so to capture the most value of the cloud enterprises should look beyond cost and risk reduction and adopt cloud as a business uh, enablement so we talked about that is is mm-hmm. how do you see it as a business strategy so this this business enablement should be built on a cloud platform that delivers impact scalability and agility uh, so what is the impact impact is is definitely could be uh in different ways we talked about the profitability um when you uh become more uh, efficient and reduce costs but it could also mean improving the customer journey or, or accelerating mm. the innovation or product launches. So that's really the impact of the business. When you take care of your customers, when your customers can do business quickly and seamlessly, then that generates customer loyalty and also, mm. um, you know, a goodwill with, with, with the client. So that's one. Second is you got to invest in a scalable platform that supports security as a code and resiliency patterns. So we talked a little bit about this. I want to spend just 30 seconds on the security as a code. So in the infrastructure world, uh, we looked at uh, the cloud um, as infrastructure as as code. So that mm-hmm. allows you to build systems quickly without um, subjecting yourself to error by doing manual configuration. That's what happened in the past is people spun up servers using manual configuration. But then we went to the cloud, a lot of this stuff got scripted, so it was done through scripts, so there's a lot of errors. What that's just talking about, just about infrastructure, but now we're talking about security as a code, and that's only is, uh, gonna be able to be done in the cloud because you can set up those procedures and standards programmatically and then refer to them within your configuration all across um, the cloud. So it's a consistent way of making sure that the security is embedded when you spin up these servers within your environment. So that's that's how we take um, get some value out of the cloud because nowadays a lot of these ransomwares and a lot of these um, uh, malware attacks, a lot of them happen within the, the on-prem mm. because it, it is hard to create security all across the platform versus uh, versus in the cloud, um, and then the third, the third way to take value is to get your infrastructure organization to be more agile in terms of the product operating model. So, uh, and this is relevant to the foundational services in the cloud. So, when you talk about foundational services in the cloud, you're talking about computing, storage, networking, and database. 
uh, your infrastructure team that that's moving from on-prem to cloud, they're gonna have to some working more agile because now it's it's a very very dynamic environment uh, that's moving fast. So they have to, to adapt to that to the agile operating model in the cloud. So you're still gonna need that uh, infrastructure infrastructure team it's not going to mm -hmm. go away but they just have to change how they're working um in the cloud i mean from everything i've been reading you're spot on it's not about cost optimization it's really about being flexible and being agile to enable those greater efficiencies and get to market and um you know get to your customer quicker or meet their demands as they change. As we all know, change is now the constant. So where's a good place to start? I mean, I would imagine it's with key stakeholders with something like this. You're spot on, Keisha. I think the, 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 the place to start is you have to find these business leaders that can help you identify use cases with the highest impact in the business. So the journey to cloud, the migration to cloud, it is not a IT project. Mm. It's not. It's not an infrastructure project. It would never. It would never be successful if if it's if it's presented that way. It has to be presented with an impact on the business. So you have to find that sales leader that's gonna uh, that's that's been working to create a better customer experience, and the cloud will allow that. Or a business leader that's focused on operations, how you can uh, leverage uh, industry from in the cloud to make the operations uh, run better and more efficient, uh, or a supply chain executive uh, that is building partnership with vendors and want to open up more portals for them to interact and integrate seamlessly, and they can do it uh, in the cloud versus the old way today. So those are the folks you got to work with, mm. figure out what are their goals, what they're trying to achieve and help them leverage technology in the cloud to um, to present the case for uh, for migration to the cloud. Now you know some of our listeners are champions, and they're having to face uh, or build you know buy-in within the organization. So what are some of the main challenges they're going to hear, and that they need to be ready to address when they're taking on this strategy? Yeah, I think there are some uh, old myths that are still there that are uh, very pervasive, and the leaders need to challenge them and be ready for those. Uh, so when they're doing the presentations, it's going to come up and I was just going to list uh, five of them, five to six. So cloud is only realized from cost reduction. So the cloud value um, is only realized from cost reduction. That's one, one myth. It's not. I mean, we've been talking about business enablement, mm. uh, not just cost reduction. Uh, lift and shift is the only way to go to cloud. Um, that is not that is not true um, anymore. There are there are cloud native applications. Um, there, are, there are other companies that, that do refactoring. So it's not just lift and shift. Um, regarding the cloud service providers, the myth is you need multiple, uh, what they call cloud service providers to operate. Um, and that presents costs and also how do you manage multiple providers? That's not true. You can, you can, you can limit that to one or two, not um, more than that. Uh, cloud is less secure. I mean, we just talked about security and how uh, security as code has been enabled in, in, in the cloud. And then also that the application uh, in the cloud will cost more or that because of cloud, you're not going to need your um, infrastructure organization. So you're kind of losing control over that. That's not true. You're still going to need uh, infrastructure organization to handle um, 
your 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 um, footprint in the cloud, how you interact with um, different applications, all that still needs to be handled uh, within a team, but that team has to be agile compared to the way they worked on-prem. So these are the, the challenges that are gonna be fit because of just the old myths that people uh, have created when they didn't understand um, how clouds um, operate. Anas, you know, great to talk to you today. Just any tools that you can think of that you should tell our listeners to check out? Uh, definitely, Keisha. I'm a firm believer in the cloud as a business enabler. So I want our listeners to check out the McKinsey article about Assurian's journey to cloud and its impact in their business. So Assurian is a company that provides in insurance and similar products and other technology-based products to uh, multiple retailers. One of them that I, I um, purchased from sport, sporting goods is Dick's Sporting Goods, and I have a son who plays baseball. And when you go and buy those bats, they are not cheap. So they offer insurance um, for those bats uh, that could cover them for two years after the manufacturer insurance. And Assurance provide that product, and dealing with them, it was. Very uh, great experience for me. Frictionless, uh, their <laughs> product that they offered worked when the bat um, was damaged. Um, we had a great experience and they were able to do that all through leveraging cloud. So my interactions with, uh, with them was uh, through their website, mobile. So all those products worked to get me the best experience when I use the product. So I highly encourage people to uh, read that article, see how they did it, how they were able to move fast and scale up and create a great uh, customer experience, and then also launch new service and offerings that they were able to do um, using the cloud. Nice. So today I'm learning about bad insurance and cloud. That's, you yeah. know, you're just a wealth of information. <laughs> and listeners, I will put a link to that article in today's podcast description. So please be sure to check it out. Okay, Anis, we're almost done here. I just need a few more thoughts. Any closing thoughts before I let you go? Yeah, I have two um, that I want to close this podcast with. 60% uh, of enterprises aspire to adopt cloud by 2025. That's 60% uh, within next uh, three years. And there is a $3 trillion in EBITDA value for grabs by 2030. So anybody that adopts clouds next mm. three years, um, they will start to see some of that value come to their bottom line through the, those items we talked about, the efficiencies and streamlining and being able to be innovative, all of that. And then the last uh, thought that I want to close with is that cloud is moving to maturity phase where it is part of business strategy enablement. Uh, it's no longer an IT and infrastructure mm. discussion is a more about business strategy and enablement. And by focusing on this cloud, like you said, they will be able to realize um, value within the next three years, like you said. So one last question before you go. Let's just yeah. say it's a Saturday and you have an unexpected one hour of free time. What would you do with it? I would definitely grab a book. Um, I'm short for time these days, so mm. uh, definitely want to catch up on my reading. So, <laughs> Okay, good. Um, well, again, thank you, Annis, for joining. Again, Annis Mod, GM from Lean Swift. And like I said, we've included that link to the article in the description of the podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe to the Swift Hour wherever you get your podcasts and share with others that want to hear about ways to ensure their digitization is a success. Be sure to check out LaneSwift.com and Wipro.com for more industry insights. I'm Keisha Berry. Until next time, this is the Swift Hour. Thank you for joining us today and be sure to download the Swift Hour wherever you get your podcasts. We hope that you join us again for the Swift Hour. I'm your host, Keisha Berry. 